Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio with our best friend David Niles, best friend Juan Posada. We have a, another best friend, a friend of the, uh, the diocese. I'm really excited to have him on. Ever since I started working for the diocese, uh, I've been eager to get our guest on today. We have Mr. David Dean. David, you you have known by a lot of different things. You, yes. Uh, hu- husband of, of Lori. Correct. So probably your most famous one. Yes, yes. You're uh, also the superintendent of Catholic schools here in the diocese. I am. I you are also the, a godchild of John Sr. That is correct. Um, you are... No kidding? Did you not know this? I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, you yes. had to have known this. I probably did know that. Um, you just forgot. You probably forgot. Yeah, you totally. were you were at one time a <laughs> totally uh, basketball coach. That's correct. Yes, basketball, volleyball coach, volleyball coach, girls volleyball, girls volleyball. You you coached my mother in law. I did indeed. Yeah, I did. I I tried to get her into the Olympics. Yeah, didn't she? Didn't get but there. She was focused on her studies. She had a priority straight. <laughs> priority terrible straight. choice. <laughs> But no, David, I'm so excited to have you here on the show. I appreciate you, you carving out time to hang out with us this evening. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about a, a topic that has been uh, something that I know Dave, Juan, and I have spent many hours um, yeah. out in the backyard discussing. And I, I think that it's a, a topic that if you haven't discussed it yet as a young father or, or a guy who is um, uh, engaged or preparing for marriage, something that you need to think about seriously which is when you have children, if God has, uh, blesses you with children, how sports is going to affect your family life, how, how you are going to raise your child in sports or, or not in sports, what the pros are, what the cons are, um, how you have to give up a little bit to make some things happen, um, figuring out what the highest good is for your family, um, all sorts of to- things. Yeah, it's really difficult today. Extremely yeah. difficult. Uh, it's, sports is like an elixir. Right, just you know, we like to drink from it, and it it uh, does strange things to us sometimes. Yeah, and it, and it, it could cause you to get your priorities off mm-hmm. off kilter, and it, um, very quickly without even realizing it. Oh, that's right, that's right. It just pulls you in. Right. Yeah. So, um, so it'll be a good discussion. But before we do, uh, we're gonna have a whiskey that uh, we've had before, but it's um, <coughs> marketed in a specific way that I wanted to make sure to, to highlight it. Dave, will you grab the uh, the can there? So this is Ardbeg Anoa. We've we've had this before. However, this is the Barbecue <coughs> Smoker Edition. Um, and th- like we said, this is a marketing ploy, but it worked, this, uh, obviously. Yeah, because the, um, the whiskey is just... We bought it. An- the Anoa. Yeah, Anoa, yeah. Right. No, it's not like a smokier version of the That's Anoa. My, that is... Correct. That is my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what it comes in is in a uh, case that actually has a little canister 
to put wood chips in that you can place oh. in your barbecue grill. Um, so if you have a if you have a gas smoker, you use charcoal, and you don't have a, an a, an actual smoker, but you have a grill, you can put these in there. My dad does this all the time with uh, what he uses, especially if you have, if you're using gas. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That way, it gives it a little bit of a, a smoky. Uh, yeah, real flavor. charcoal flavor. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, it's it, it's one of those things. Like I said, it's kind of a marketing ploy. But if you're looking for one, also this can, if you take the bottom and the top off, and if you are lucky enough to own a bazooka, this actually functions as a silencer. This is a <laughs> oh yeah, the can itself is a bazooka silencer. For those of you, for those of us. Who have a bazooka? <laughs> I think I think that's important. It's when a you're self-defense. It in the it's a self-defense <laughs> yeah. bazooka. Okay. Uh, okay. You so never know. You get fewer complaints, right? Than when a dragon might attack or something, <laughs> and you'd be like, "It's a good thing I have the bazooka." So Ardbeg <laughs> is known. Uh, it's an Isla whiskey. It is known to have the uh, a smoky, sweet, peaty taste mm-hmm. to it. It's like a cousin of Lafroig. I buy more Ardbeg than anything. Because it's cheaper. It's, it's cheaper, yeah. Yeah. But so if you're not familiar, in Scotland, uh, Ardbeg, Lafroig, and Lagavulin are all within a like five mile um, linear path. I haven't had the Anoa though in a long time. So we're on the Lord's team. The winning uh-huh. side. So we have a glass. Cheers. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, color is kind of a pale, cloudy yellow. Kind of typical of Ardbeg, I think. Yeah. They tend to have. Mm-hmm. A lighter has color. A, has a nice uh, nose on it. If you like peat, this is good. And this is the time of year. I know Dave mm. is not a time of year uh, whiskey uh, guy, but this to me is the time of year. It's We're getting into the time of year of peaty, smoky scotches. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cold weather, the weather's changing, fires in the fireplace Fire are being pit. lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just the way to go, in my opinion. Pinion in there. Little pinion wood on the in the mm-hmm. chimney. Yeah. yeah. And and sit outside with a cigar mm-hmm. and So this mm-hmm. is sherry cask. Is that why it has a little uh, it says PX yeah. Sherry and first fill bourbon. Okay. It does have a little sweeter uh on, on the nose. Mm-hmm. But if you like uh peated scotches, Ardbeg is is one that you're not gonna be disappointed with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's very good. And you know, like the the ten it's like $50, $50 in that range, very mm-hmm. close. This one is only 60 Really? So, yeah. So it's For a, some reason, I thought this one was like 70 Nope, this was 60 So, so that's, that's not bad. It's a nice, uh, you know, change on the in pace, right. but only $10 mm-hmm. difference. Uh-huh. Um, you I dig get it. a barbecue with it. And, and you get a little yeah. barbecue grilled yeah. chip. Yeah. I mean, you why not? Yeah. So, uh, Dave, we are... There's And there's... Uh-oh. Safety instructions. Good, which is always nice to just, just throw them case. away. Just don't even look at them. You don't, you don't want to get injured by the... You don't need those. Is, is that for the grill or the bazooka? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good distinction. You have a bazooka. You don't need safety instructions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I take that back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dave, so it's good. We've been uh, re- getting some new listeners. We've, uh, we're on a few new radio stations. Yeah. Um, it would be good just to rehash... Why we drink on air? What's yeah. the purpose? You know, we haven't done that in a while. We haven't done that in a while, and so every okay. time we, you know, every time we, we go a while and new people start listening, the first thing they always say on the show as as a feedback. Yeah. is... How come you don't talk about the topic? For right. So okay. So it's good. To, oh, good e- to start every out. episode we do three things. We highlight the first thing we do is open review and enjoy a manly mm-hmm. beverage. We're doing that right now. 
it's going swimmingly so far. Uh, the second thing we do, typically, is we will highlight a man gear of some kind. Uh, this is just dude stuff, things that are in your garage. And we want to talk about, hopefully, why they're manly. Uh, you know, if, the, if a thing is said to be manly, then there must be something we can learn about manliness mm-hmm. from the virtues of the thing that we're talking about, right? So, um, and then finally, we have a, a topic, a discussion on manly things whatever we decide it's the man show so everything it's all about manly things yeah virtue and if you are if you are one of the new listeners you should be warmed uh here on the catholic man show we are dealing with very toxic levels of authentic masculinity so if uh you or anyone in the listening radius is susceptible to high levels of manliness please be warned the show will be harmful to your health uh, so, also, sounds like a government warning. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I also didn't give you a uh, another title that I forgot to introduce. We only you have, we the La- our Latin teacher. We've talked on oh. the show that we've been ha- we've been. This is the guy. Oh. He's the he's the guy that's teaching us Latin. Latin. Salvate. Salve. 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 Yeah. Si. Optime. Um. Optime. <laughs> Ah, bene. Yeah, es, bene, bene. Es problema. Es, es problema. Es problema. Yeah. <laughs> Magna. I, I didn't say I was doing well in the class. I, I did not claim that. But we don't give grades, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, maybe a good way to start, uh, David, is is to talk about virtue in general. When, when you were talking, uh, you gave a talk last week at Christ the King, Parish of Christ the King, on this topic of, of virtue in sports. And you asked a question on what... In Latin, what does virtue mean? And I actually answered it, but you didn't hear me. And then a couple of people pointed at me. Uh, oh, was that right? When, after you gave the answer, but I didn't want to. You know, you're humble, right? I didn't yeah. want to toot my own horn. Yeah, He's but humble. Toot, toot. Except that now that I have a podcast and a platform in which I can, mm-hmm. I can do it to a lot of other people very publicly. I right. am taking yes. advantage. Mm-hmm. So what is what is what does it mean in Latin? What does virtue mean in Latin? Vir. It comes from the Latin word vir, which means man or, or power. And so it's uh, Cicero in his Tusculan Disputations referenced this, um, the, the root of this word, and that at one of the qualities of being a veer uh, is fortitude. Mm-hmm. And so uh, hopefully we men uh, will manifest those qualities of fortitude right. uh, through virtue, which is a strength, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we it, it's, a, it's a wonderful word, actually. It... it uh, there's a, actually a feminine ver- version of it, which some people are not aware of, in, uh, in Latin. Okay, which is? Virago. Virago? Not, yes, virago, not virgo. Though okay. there, who knows, maybe a connection there, too. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, But I know this is the man show, so yes. we're going to talk about vir. Yeah. And vir, too. So it's like mm-hmm. virtues are the powers of man, essentially. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Power and force and strength of a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, when you think about it that way, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm a stronger person now mm-hmm. that I have these virtues to rely on. So, excellent. Awesome. Okay, so when we get back, I, I think we're going to just jump right into the topic because yeah. there's a lot of things that we'd like to discuss. So, we're going to uh, nix the gear today and jump straight into the topic. We're here with Mr. David Dean, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Tulsa, Eastern Oklahoma, and a lot of other awesome titles. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by the Catholic woodworker Jonathan Conrad focuses on equipping families for battle in the modern world. We're very excited that the Catholic Woodworker sponsors our show. Everything that they put out is top-notch. It's heirloom quality. It's handmade. Whether it's home altars, crucifixes, or rosaries, they're actually now the producer of the official rosary of the Catholic Man Show. So go check it out. Yeah, if you use TCMS for the Catholic Man Show as a promo code, you get 10% off all of your purchases. Let's him know that we sent you. He'll continue supporting the show. Go support Jonathan at thecatholicwoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We are joined by the one and only David Dean. Good to be here. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for inviting me. So, one of your claims to fame is that you were uh, associated with the great John Sr. Yes. We we mentioned that you are his god his godson. Correct. Correct. Yes, I attended the Humanities Program at Kansas. Uh huh. And I enrolled in the, the oral Latin, as he called it, as a freshman. And so the program itself was two years. I took four years of Latin uh, under Dr. Senior. And then when I graduated, I went and taught, um, met someone from your family there, mm-hmm. as we referenced earlier, Yeah, coached uh, your uh, mother-in-law. But I you think. also like helped teach some of the Latin classes, right? Yes. So um, after my two years of teaching uh, in Hutchison, uh, Dr. Senior actually called me one day and said, David, would you like to come back and teach Latin under me or with me and work on your master's? And of course, I said yes. Mm-hmm. And I went back up and it, I did that for four, four more years, actually, um, until he, he got very sick and I had to retire. But uh, it, was, it was very nervous the first year. I, I, bet. I obviously thought, I kind of idolized him, right? It was right. my senior year that I actually converted and he, <clears throat> he was my godfather, as, as you mentioned. And so I, I'll never forget that first month or so, actually going into the classroom and teaching with him. It's like, I don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not up for that. You know, I, I can't do this. You know, this is, I'm next to this great man, this great teacher, this great uh-huh. Catholic, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Uh, so it's, it's kind of nerve-wracking at first, but he, he's very kind and, and a gentle man, and, and uh, so he, he worked with me even and missed all my mistakes and, and so forth. And, and then eventually I, I went on and, taught a, you know, another class, because what he really needed was help. Um, he, he had enough students that wanted to take his classes that, so my, that after that first semester, I, I did kind of the second semester Latin course, and then he could go on and teach upper levels of Latin. And then the following year, we'd, we kind of repeated that process where uh, I would maybe even go on and teach a second year after a year or so of, you mm-hmm. know, of Latin. And you know, the fun thing was about all that was that because the students in the humanities program, we all knew each other. And so, typically, in a Latin class like that, they if they took a first semester, they take a second semester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ones that hung in then would take third and fourth semester. Mm-hmm. And so, by the end of that two years or so, we were really good friends. And uh, then, of course, they could go on and take third and fourth year, like I did when I was an undergraduate. But then, by that time, usually they would they'd go into Doctor Senior. And of course, they sometimes you'd have to take a class from another professor. Just if you're going to go that far with it and actually get a major in it, you had to take. Some other Latin, you know, yeah. besides, besides that. But uh, no, it was it was a great experience. Uh, he he's such a gr- was a great teacher. Uh, obviously, his reputation is it continues. Uh, sure, long yeah. after his passing. So. so a lot of people who may not know Doctor Senior, I, like I kind of romantic like after I re- read his books, you know, kind of mm-hmm. romanticize the idea of like even being able to hang out with him and, and pick his brain. But mm-hmm. for those who who aren't familiar with 
with him. Why was he uh, so different as a teacher? What, what was his style that uh, caused him to be so successful or efficient with how, how he ran his courses? Well, there, there were two different kinds of courses. So in the humanities program, you had the three professors, you know, mm-hmm. Dr. Quinn, Dr. Nellick, and Dr. Senior. And they're all very different personalities or temperaments. That if, you, if you study the classical temperaments, uh, Dr. Senior was, was very melancholy. And so he was kind of the quieter one of the three. And he would sit there and they'd, they'd read a passage, say, from the opening of the, the Iliad or the Aeneid or something. And then uh, they'd all begin to comment on it and literally have a conversation. So it wasn't a lecture. And I, I never forget, the first thing I was so impressed with was that uh, they never had notes in front of them. So they would read this passage and then they would have this conversation for an hour and a half. So, But to Dr. Senior specifically, he had this way of, as they would play off of one another during this conversation of, he, we always used to say he, he would kind of soar. He would just sort of take off with this discussion. Maybe it was about... Uh, let's say it's the Odyssey and you're going home. You know, what's the importance of home and, and being at home and, you know, even being a good father and all these good things and being virtuous. And so he would just start talking and he would just very calmly and he would just sort of go and, and just kind of say, we like on wings, uh, probably the Holy Spirit at work there. And I, I think that the most phenomenal thing about him was his humility so he, he was brilliant. I mean, he, he knew Latin, he knew the classics, you know, the literature. And yet, if you met him on the street, you you would never know it. And, and even as a student, you would have to go and kind of run him down, which eventually a lot of kids did. Right. They, right. they just wanted to hear him speak and speak and speak forever. I'm, I'm sure he... It was kind of a cross for him, almost in a way. He, I mean, in the sense that he he loved teaching. He was a real teacher, but I'm sure he never had a spare moment. Like myself and, and a lot of other students, we would line up at his office door just to talk to him mm-hmm. uh, for all the you know the obvious reason. We'd walk with him from the classroom back to his office, or if we saw him somewhere, we'd strike up a conversation. and And we do that with all three of the professors, but. Um, and so he he would always talk to you a little bit, and and but oftentimes he had places to go or meetings and so forth. So uh, his humility, I think, just struck is what really first kind of caught my imagination. Is here is this brilliant man who knows so much about so many things, and probably most importantly, can teach it. So when I was at KU, I was still seventeen, and I was not at the top of the you know, the IQ chart. And so uh, for him and, and the other two professors, certainly to bring these great ideas down to a level where I was. Mm-hmm. And of course, this was this was uh, not too long after the, you know, the great hippie time of the 60s. It was actually the 70s. And so mm-hmm. at KU at that time, it was a lot of long hair and, mm-hmm. you know, drug, sex, rock and roll and so forth. So um, we were immersed in a culture that was certainly antagonistic mm-hmm. to what the professors were trying to do. And so the the other thing, I said there's two parts of this. One was the humanities program. The other was the Latin. So I ended up taking this Latin course, and it, it it's all oral. I mean, you walk in, there's no textbook. It's like what I'm trying to do right now with the, yeah. with the adults. Yeah. And it was strange at first. You're in college. So first of all, I'm not taking notes. Second of all, there's no book. And, of course, there's a temptation as a 17-year-old to say, oh, 
I can blow this class off, you know, I, <laughs> right. who's going to sure. know? Sure. But obviously I didn't. Uh, it was, uh, or not very often. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> had a few late nights there. Sure. But um, so we go in, and in, in both those cases, the managed program and the Latin course, you, just, you had to listen. But the beautiful thing about the Latin course was then, was Dr. Senior would ask you questions like, you know, quit us and you point to something in the room or quit us nomen tuum, you know, what is your name? And you say nomen meum David and, and so forth. And then the, as you went on through the courses, they would get more, the questions get more complicated and longer answers. And so you really had to listen. Uh, and, and it wasn't until, of course, years later, a couple of years later that I began to realize why they did this. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Dr. Senior specifically with a Latin uh, because it's it's in your memory, it's not in the book. Mm-hmm. And I never forget once as a graduate student, we were teaching, and the the other professors in the class department, many who I mean were were good people. I don't I don't mean to put them down here, but they they taught the textbook method. They used wheel lock or some of those texts. If some of you out there studied Latin, you probably me- uh, remember wheel lock or or uh, a couple of the other Henley and and some of the others and. And so we got into this argument one day that if we took one of the students from Dr. Senior's Latin class, given the way we had learned it, and a student from one of these other sections, and we had to sit down and translate a, a text, but without a dictionary. Mm-hmm. Who could do better? Who would do better? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other professors never took us up on the challenge. But uh, I, I think I can honestly say... Again, in a spirit of humility, that that I really believe that uh, a student going through Doctor Senior's class would have, would have done better in, with that translation without the aid of, of, a, of a dictionary or, or something yeah. like that. So, uh, again, just pointing out where where is the the learning, right? I mean, where where is the language? And it, it, it's you know, it's not just in your mind. He, you know, he'd walk around the room and he would point things, and we had to be kind of on our toes. So to speak, sure. and so what you get into, it's 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 part of you. It's your body. It's your, you know, you point to your hands. I, I'll tell you a great little story. One time, I, you probably couldn't do this today. You get arrested, <laughs> but I'll never forget. In uh, one of the classes, he had one of the kids take their shoe and their sock off and put their foot up on the desk, and he did. You know, the three little piggy. This little piggy went to market. This little piggy went yeah. home. Like, wee 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 all the way home. All this stuff. You know, on the. On the students' toes, and so I don't bring I bring that up because it, it was very tactile, right? It was, and he'd say, "Now y'all, y'all need to go home and do this, you know, or or find someone, you know, your roommate." And and he'd always say these kind of crazy things, and we were like, "What? Can't do that." But uh, my point here is is more the pedagogical one is that language is just a part of us. It's just not, you know, in the memory. And yeah. by the way, language comes to Latin uh, word lingua. Which is your tongue? Mm-hmm. So it yeah. really is what tongue place. do you? Yeah, like how many tongues do you speak? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that because there's a lot of people who don't know about mm-hmm. the humanities course, and and there's a lot of people who do. There's a lot of people who do, and, and would love to would hear the story. Hear, I'm sure, like a lot of your stories, that, you know, you have to <laughs> yeah. tell. Um, yeah. Well, I was I was blessed just to come along at the right time. I mean, we've got That's Clear cool. Creek. We've got several bishops. Yes. You know, that are all mm-hmm. as a result of the, the Great Humanities mm-hmm. program. So anyway, uh, I do want to actually ask you about sports. Do, do you have one other thing you wanted to say? No, I was just going to say, too, I, I think another thing the program did was there, there were a number of students who didn't, 
they didn't end up converting to the church, but they became much more serious about their own faith. Uh-huh. And then, of course, I lost touch with them. Maybe, maybe they eventually came into the church. But yeah, well, but, and that's uh, why they kind of yeah. shut it down, right? Because it was public. Oh, school. that's right. And, and oh, like, that's we were converting right. too many. <laughs> they were converting too many people they were to indoctrinating. Cast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so when we get back, we're gonna act, we're gonna uh, jump into the topic of, of, of virtue and sports and how to keep that ordered within the household. Uh, we're here with David Dean, Madam Nail, David Nail. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're here talking with David Dean. If you are listening on the radio right now or, or the podcast and you don't typically uh, listen on via YouTube Live or Facebook Live, I highly suggest going back and listening because in between breaks we had an, uh, a, a great conversation with David Dean on more about John Sr., some, some stories about his uh, lovely wife and how they met. Um, so it's, uh, it's a... A bonus if you want to go mm-hmm. check check that out on YouTube or, or Facebook Live. But we're here today to talk about uh, sports, talk about virtue within sports, how to keep it ordered, how to keep it um, in its right place within the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gave a talk, like we mentioned, at the Parish of Christ the King recently, and you you started out uh, talking about uh, how sports has been around for, for a very, very long time and how it actually was has been tied to religion, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't realize because I'd heard before that there was an argument that, that had been made that sports really didn't come into uh, priority or, or, or come into the, into the mainstream until the Industrial Revolution came when people... No longer had farm no work had to do. Farm work and to there do, was and like so there needed to be competition mm-hmm. or things like that, but... I that's, think I think that there's a there was like a noticeable rise in like organized organized sports, especially you maybe, know maybe that's what it was. Organized Whereas sports. up until then, it was more like Olympics or you know, well, a, you know that I think it's interesting because the early Olympics were certainly somewhat organized. I mean, these yeah. these athletes train, you know, for the wrestling, the running, the javelin throwing, or, or all the different sports they had and. And they they really trained because you know there were honors obviously for the winner, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of literature that's extant that, that explains you know the, the glories of, of, of being the victorious athlete in in ancient Greece or, or yeah, even like on up in trying to r- outrun the lion and yes, which is always a good thing. <laughs> you, actually, you don't have to outrun it; you just have to outrun the person next to you. That's correct. Right? That's right, like the bear in the forest. Right. Right. You, right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, just be faster than your neighbor. That. That doesn't sound like the first commandment, though, does it? You're either going to run faster or you won't. Yeah. <laughs> or not for long. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it is interesting that sports has such a, a great history, and it is tied to religion. A lot of the uh, events were done around religious uh, events. I think One of the stories I told the other night at this talk was that, uh, remember uh, in the um, Iliad that, Achilles' best friend Patroclus is killed. You know, remember by Hector, and so they. One of the things they do is they have these funeral games. Mm-hmm. So there was certainly a religious element to it. Cause those games were, you know, directed toward or uh, inv- invoke the different gods and goddesses at the time. 
but there were all these great games like javelin throwing and running again and, and wrestling and I think even some games with swords and, and so forth that that they played. I believe there were nine, I think nine different events that took place as part of the funeral games. So uh, in honor of Patroclus, who you know had been killed. So uh, we have that, and, and all through antiquity, there's so many examples of uh, athletics, sports being a very important part of, of the culture. And, of course, mm-hmm. the Olympics are, are the most uh, famous example, I guess. You can, yeah. you can go to Olympia today in Greece, and you can go right down on the field uh, as it is a track, so to speak, around it, and what's left of a few stone bleachers. And, but it's—I've uh, actually been there, and it's—it's—we uh, went with the humanities program. Actually, um, oh, cool! We took a trip to Greece, a bunch of us, and it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's like going to Delphi or you know the Parthenon in Athens. You you walk into this place, and you realize that people have been there, you know, twenty five hundred years ago or right. more, and, yeah, and you just with the right mind, you just take it in. Mm-hmm. You know, you just walk around and, and imagine, and of course it helps if you've read some of the Greek literature and so right. forth, and you just take it in and you imagine, you know, the races going on there and, and just all the events of antiquity and all these these people on the Oracle of Delphi, and you start thinking about Socrates and and uh, all, just all these, these great things. So, yeah, there's a, there's a great history there, and it's it's. Uh, I had to condense it the other night because uh, there, there is so much. Even uh, the Egyptians uh, were believed to have uh, games and so forth, even possibly before the Greeks. I mean, it, it only makes sense to me where you have if you have men mm-hmm. with any spare time at all. Yes, they're going to be like, oh yeah, well, I can beat you at this, right? I'll bet I I'll bet I'm better at this than you. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's right, that's right. And another thing I mentioned too is that it's it's very tied into the martial arts, and by that I don't just mean like karate and those things we do today, but in the more generic sense of war. I mean, think about the Spartans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I think they went maybe a little too extreme there. When you were five or six year old boy, you you left your family and went and trained. And of course, obviously, a lot of that's athletic. It's just pure athleticism. But it, that at some point, it's learning how to handle a sword right, and how to, yeah. how to actually engage in a battle and I'm sure some of the strategy and so forth mm-hmm. that goes with that. Um, so there's a, there's a great history there too. And think of the training of the, you know, the Roman legions. Um, I'm sure they had uh, you know, lots of training and, and the sort of dark side of it would be the, you know, the gladiators in the Colosseum and so forth that, that we, we know quite a bit about mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the training that the way they trained, uh, you know, to be great gladiators for obviously men were slaves. And so that was their path to freedom. Uh, if, if they could train sufficiently and, mm-hmm. and maybe fight their way out of slavery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's an incredible history. Um, but I, I do think you had a point earlier that obviously today is more organized and, um, in some sense, and we, we start, and it, of course it's changed. I think a, the end of, of these things, of sports particularly, has mutated in a, in a You're Right, they become something in and of themselves instead of a, an act of leisure, you know, correct, which... Correct, correct. I think that's traditionally, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, hey, the after after Mass, you know, mm-hmm. there's people are playing baseball, or people are, you know, like, mm-hmm. why? Just because it's fun. It's you fun. know, it's... it's that's right. It's just good to do. But now it's like, no, the sport is the thing. It's it's like not about fun. 
no, you know, it, it's or not. community. It's, it's, it's no, yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 about the sport. Yeah, I made a distinction the other night during this talk. Is that I asked him? I said, "Would you rather be an amateur or a professional?" And we could apply this to a lot of things in life. But um, well, I'd, I'd want to be a professional for about five years, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to retire. I just want the super rich, yeah. <laughs> 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 with like all kinds of endorsement deals, and I'll be an amateur for the rest of my life. I think that deserves a gong. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so amateur, if you again, if you know some Latin, the AMAT is is he, she, or it. You know, third person singular loves, and so it has to do with an amateur loves the sport. So the point you were making earlier. Before you went off the road, there, David. Um, <laughs> that um, they we with young people because I was I was talking to parents who whose children were in a K through eight school. You should be we should be teaching these kids to love a sport. I right. the one I'm most familiar with is basketball, so I, I use that as my example most of the time. But uh, really learn the sport, learn to love it. Uh, you know how how to do it correctly. Again, uh, training. Uh, discipline, mm-hmm. right? discipline, uh, the discipline of the sport. So do you learn to pass correctly, dribble and shoot and so forth? And, the, and there are ways to do that correctly that will make you a better shooter, passer, dribbler and so on, a rebounder. And to learn those things, and so there's a discipline there. And again, that's where Latin comes in. Uh, disciple. Disciple, it literally means to learn. Mm-hmm. So when you, sometimes we use that for expression, uh, learn a discipline. It's kind of, it's kind of redundant. Uh, so you're learning, learning to learn. Yeah. But, um, you but do have to learn to learn, though. That's correct. Yeah. And so, and, and one of the best words is disciple, right? I mean, it's uh, uh, those are someone who's learning. So we, with the young kids, we we should be focusing on that, not not winning. Uh, I mentioned, yeah, I thought it was terrible. There was a football game in California just last week. Uh, the team won 106 to zero. Wow. Now, there's something disordered there, right? I yeah. mean. And, and I realize varsity sports, and I would agree with this, varsity sports is going to be more competitive. I understand that, and that's a high school. But leading, I still think that's wrong, that, that type of score. Coach mm-hmm. should have pulled back or you know, put somebody else in or done something. But Something. Yeah. <laughs> but for younger kids, back, back to the audience that I was addressing, is to teach them to, to love that sport. And I, then I tried to make the further analogy to school. Um, even if English is not your favorite subject, as a student, you need to respect the fact that it's a discipline that's worth learning for itself, mm-hmm. not for what it's going to get you. Now, an English degree is not going to get you much nowadays, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's uh, but I, maybe science is a better example, right? Yeah, you should learn the principles and truths of science, science for what they are, because there's a goodness and a beauty there. Uh, in those principles, and that's mm-hmm. what we should be teaching our children, mm-hmm. not some distant goal that's probably, at least in sports, unrealistic. Right, and that's mm-hmm. th- that's when it gets r- ridiculous, right? When you take it to that extreme where you're trying to teach little Johnny who's eight years old mm-hmm. so that way he can get a D1 scholarship, and so you have him in traveling teams, and then you have him taking personal lessons, and then you have him, you know, scouting over here with with another team, so that way maybe he can get right. more exposure. And, and on every break, uh, you're entering into a tournament, you know, right? You know, like so, Correct. there's no mm-hmm. such thing as fall break or spring break, or I mean, it's like or summer break or Christmas break. I mean, yeah, like I mean, there's no, you're you're traveling, and and it, it really does disrupt the family, right? It's yeah. obviously usually what happens: one parent goes with that child. The other parent stays home with the other children. 
so you're separated for days at a time and you know, live in a motel room and eating junk food and that whole scene and it's right. just there's nothing very familial about it there might you might have some good time as a father with your son mm-hmm. let's say they're playing basketball or tennis um that might be beneficial in a little way but the rest of the family's not there yeah right. and especially if that's the modus operandi operandi yes yeah it's it's that's just not going to cultivate a good it's not going to it's not going to bring good culture into your family no it's not it's not and the father's gone right We'll be right back. We're going to continue this on the other side of the break. This is David Niles with Adam Minahan and David Dean talking about virtue in sports. We'll be back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, David Dean is our special guest. And uh, I'm just, we're excited. Like Tulsa's just got it going on. We've, we've said like Tulsa is the place. Eastern Oklahoma is the place for Catholic culture. Like we are really changing things here in Eastern Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean the archdiocese. Not we, as in like uh, I'm not us, so sure. but I'm just saying like I, those guys in the you well, know, the archdiocese. I, don't, I just don't pay attention to what's going on over there. I wouldn't go there. I just know I that there are a lot that. of great things happening in Eastern Oklahoma for sure. This show airs That's all right. throughout the state of Oklahoma, and so I just want to like <laughs> say that I am kidding. I'm making a joke about. <laughs> The hope Archdiocese is great. I hope you have a bazooka no. ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, they're very kind. I cannot disclose. <laughs> yeah, whether or not you what, do or yeah, not. I cannot confirm or deny the validity of that. But yeah. so we're talking about sports. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, it, it does not need to even be said that there's a lot of great things that mm-hmm. chi- a chi- that a child can learn from playing sports um, physically, uh, just for his own virtue, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. Um, so what do you, but what would you say? Cause I think there's also an attitude that if you don't put your kid in sports, mm-hmm. it's almost like child abuse, you know, that th- as if playing sports is the only way to learn these certain things. And I don't think that that attitude is quite, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. that's not it either. What would you say? What do you think about that? I, I think what, what uh, parents should do out there is, and I've heard other parents do this, and it seems to work very well, is with when your children are younger, usually if you live in a town of any size, there, there are several leagues. Uh, you know, one might be YMCA or one might be a church, different churches' leagues. Some might be more specifically organized for sports. But, you know, check them out. Find mm-hmm. out what they're about. I mean, are, do they have the proper attitude toward, let, let's say it's a, second third grade you know what are that 
probably eight, nine, ten year old, do they have the proper attitude that a, an eight to ten year old would that you would want for your son uh, in in a football, soccer, or basketball team, whatever it is, um, where they're going to be learning the basics. They're they're going to learn some things about character, and so much of that is the coach. And I, you know, I mentioned this the other night in my right. talk. The profound influence of the coach. How do they act? Mm-hmm. You know, and specifically today, especially what, what's their language like? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm even talking about tone of voice. I mean, I've seen grown men just berate kids who are not their own son. And and I don't mean to sound soft here, but after all, this is third grade soccer. Right. We <laughs> Right. This isn't World War II. When you II. step back a little bit. Right. It's not the Super Bowl. I mean, right. come on. It, this is third grade soccer. So what's you know, what are, what is their sort of philosophy or their, yeah. their you know, their how they run the league and what's important to them. And I I think as a parent you have an obligation to pursue that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think that helps a lot because there I think you'll see everything out there. You know, we, we always read in the news about the the parent that gets thrown out of the baseball game because he went after the umpire with a baseball bat or the other coach or something. There so, are a few things more embarrassing than than that. You know, yeah. You know, you you think that would be one of the good things about social media, right? That every, you know everybody has their phone on, right? And they would be filming you, as uh-huh. you're chasing the umpire around the field, but it hasn't seemed to work so far. There are just yeah. some parents who cannot not speak mm-hmm. up. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. And see, I think this is a real danger for the parent now because it's, it's not just that you're setting a bad example for your son; it's that you're acting like a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in these situations, and so you then you have a whole crowd of people. And so, what's what's going on inside of you, fathers? Is which we all need to ask ourselves as fathers: what's going on inside of us that we get to this point that we're so offended? Because I would argue that's actually then at that point. Because anger makes us irrational, yeah, mm-hmm. and then that sort of behavior really makes us look weak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we think in that moment of anger we're being strong, and you know we're pursuing some distorted version of justice or something because the empire called the third strike on mm-hmm. my son. But that that's way wide of the mark. I mean, it might have been a bad call, but again, so what? Yeah, uh, you know, life doesn't always go the way we want, does it? No, <laughs> right. So I used it, to, it's actually good for them to, to even catch the bad breaks. That's right. To be able to learn and adapt that's, and like move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Most of the greatest discoveries and, and movements forward in history have been through mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we all learn from mistakes. Mm-hmm. And in fact, most people probably learn the best from mistakes. Right. And mm-hmm. So let them stumble a little bit. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I used to coach my little sister's team. I helped my dad coach in basketball for I don't know, five years. Um, and so a handful of times I saw an adult get kicked out of the game by the referee, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like there's just like nothing more embarrassing, mm-hmm. especially for the kid mm-hmm. of that parent, you know, mm-hmm. like dad's getting kicked out of the game again, you know, like it's just terrible. Like yeah. don't, do not don't be, be that. that guy. Yeah, don't be that guy. You know, it, I'm really glad you brought that up, David, because, you know, before I was superintendent, I'd a lot of years, decades, I've, I've been a headmaster or principal of mm-hmm. schools. And, and by the way, they've all been either Catholic or Christian schools. So that makes the story even more uh, deplorable. <laughs> that 
I've I can't tell you how many fathers I've had to walk out of basketball gyms, particularly because you have a closed environment, mm-hmm. right on like a, a football field or, uh-huh. or a soccer field. I've had the official look at me because I would go to him before the game and say, "Look, I'm here. I'm in charge." And if you have any trouble, let me know. And I can't tell you how often he he look for me and he point at me and tell him to come over. He'd say, "That man over there on the third row in the blue sport coat, he's gone, or your team forfeits." And so I have to go over and get him, escort him out of the gym. And there's just a stillness that falls over the gym. And, and I, fortunately, I've never right. been escorted out as a father, but I've escorted a lot of fathers out. And I've, I felt kind of embarrassed. Right? I mean, for mm-hmm. him, right. That, that I'm having to walk this grown man out of a, a gym and and the whole crowd's just stopped right the team's going back to their benches the refs are at the you know the table there talking to the you know the scorekeepers and all that and and I'm walking this gentleman out out the door and um, he's finished you know for that game yeah mm-hmm. so now he can't even watch his son play mm-hmm. and I can only imagine what his son is thinking at that point mm-hmm. I never of course, went and talked to any of those sons, but I, I can't imagine it was good. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, David, here's like the crux for me uh, with when it comes to sports and like family life. Like, there are a few things like as a father, um, I, I'm not willing to give up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I don't want to give up the majority of the time having family dinner together. Family dinner is very important for a, a thriving family to, to develop mm-hmm. traditions. Right. To Everything develop comes together at the at the table. At the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is, is like making sure that Sunday is a holy day, you know, making sure that we, uh, enjoy it for its leisure mm-hmm. in sports today, it attacks both of those things, right? So if I have my sons, uh, in soccer or football or basketball, it doesn't matter what, whatever sport you want to, you want to mention, uh, they have practices in the evenings mm-hmm. and then they have games, um, on the weekends. Sometimes they have games on Sundays. It's hard for me to justify one I, like I set the the rule like we're not having games on Sundays. However, it's almost uh, like unfair at times to my son uh, who has worked all week long and been disciplined and and you know ex- you know showed fortitude and, and pushed himself and showed uh, g- grown together in, in, as a team and shown like that he has to be part of the team. It's not about him. Uh, and then say sorry, son, you can't play on Sundays. Right. You have to let your team down. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you're also, it's also not fair to the other team, not f- to the other to the team, team members, right? And so this is where I really struggle um, when it when it comes to sports and family life and how to juggle this because very few times now is it just a recreational sport. Like very, it's not really the YMCA anymore. It's like you have to go on a traveling team or you have to if you if you dip your foot into the into the swimming pool it's actually you're you're all in you're, you're jumping f- completely in you don't get to like just t- test it out for a little bit mm-hmm. um, no, and so this is really hard for as a dad because you want your son mm-hmm. there are great things like we've mentioned that sports you know help build up your son and, yeah. or, or daughter right. you know they mm-hmm. it, but they're, they're good things but at what cost Exactly, and it's 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 very difficult today. And I think back to my previous point is that's that's something you can ask when you're checking out some of these leagues and teams. Is do you play on Sunday? Do you practice on Sunday? So, uh, Catholic fathers out there, um, you really need to exercise your virtue uh, because, as the head of the family, this is where you you need to step in and, and try to help make these decisions for your family. Uh, a lot of these leagues will will play on Sunday or practice and. 
there may come a point at which you just say, no, that's not going to happen, especially if it's Sunday morning. Uh, right. We, we're yeah. going to go to mass and uh, as a family, we're going to come home, we're going to have uh, lunch and so forth. And, you know, my son, uh, Samuel, won't be there. So, uh, you know, you tell the coach and then you really just have a, a talk with your son, you know, back to the whole idea of discipline, as it said, means to learn. So explain to your son why this is important. Like, what is our end or tell us, you know, in, in terms of life? And there's there's good natural things like sports and, and uh, activities like that. But ultimately, there's the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And as you The know, natural is hopefully leading you to the supernatural. Yes, yes. And when it leads you away from and distorts that, then you, fathers, particularly need to step in and say, no, that's not going to happen in this family. Yeah. And it's difficult. Obviously, your son will probably most likely be disappointed. Um, he may face some ridicule. You might, as the father, face ridicule from other fathers. You definitely. No, you. It's not that you might. You definitely will. That's right. Yeah. You just need to be like mentally prepared for that mm-hmm. because uh, you'll be the weird guy, right? That's right. You, and, and then you'll be also the guy who's like, oh, you don't really care about this. Mm-hmm. Like, um, unfortunately, if you're, if you're listening on the radio, we're out of time. I highly suggest you go to thecatholiccommandshow.com. You can listen to this full episode because I'd like to continue talking about this and a, and a few more things yeah. uh, with here with David Dean. Um, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Cheers. I mean, because this is the problem. When you make this stand, and you're the only one making this stand, and dads are... Well, you're not, but you might be at that practice, you know, like... At, at uh, that, in your team, you're definitely going right. to be the only but guy. But the thing is, the thing is, the other people who have made that stand, they're not there anymore. You know? Right. right. So, right. you're not the only one, but you're the only one it's, there it's, at the time. Let me tell you, moment. it feels right, at that moment. very lonely. You know, right. I mean, you it feel very exposed, um, because uh, no one else is thinking this way. And I'm not... It, Again, let's caveat this this and saying like if, if if that's what you do with your family, there's there, this isn't a judgment here. I'm just trying to I'm trying to yeah. work through this myself as a dad of young children. Because honestly, there's nothing about playing having a, a sport on a Sunday that seems inconsistent with uh with honoring and like keeping a, keeping holy the Sabbath. Because let's say you and the neighbors decide to. Pick up a football yeah, game. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Play. I mean, that's, that is actually exactly mm-hmm. what like a holy Sunday looks like. Yes. You know? So th- there is a difference mm-hmm. when it's an obligation. Now it becomes a form. It's like it becomes a form of work, you mm-hmm. know, that like, oh, I'm not free on my Sunday to like celebrate the way I want. But if you're in a good league on a good team, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, there's nothing uh, like, fundamentally inconsistent mm-hmm. with playing a game right. on Sunday. Exactly. But it's well like I said when it's an obligation now and it's that changes you know, the game. And it's not like <laughs> yeah, it changes the game. Exactly because the pickup game with your neighbor happens at a spontaneous moment mm-hmm. when it works for the family, you know, like you're not having to interrupt family life, you know, mm-hmm. so there, there's a difference, mm-hmm. but Anyway, well, exactly, and it, it's it's again it goes back to that amateur notion, right? That that I think that has kind of a, a derogatory notion in our modern culture to be an amateur. Is I was like, what? Right. But actually, it's a great thing. 
I would argue it's, uh, I, I did this once with another group. I, uh, I said, would you rather be a professional or an amateur? And I wasn't just talking about sports, but I said almost anything. And don't we, as men, if someone asks us, uh, why do you love your wife? Are you going to say some practical, pragmatic reason of what she does for me? I love her professionally. Yes. (laughs) And, or it's just because I love her for who she is. She's very proficient as a woman and, Yes, very efficient. Yeah. So, I mean, and of course, imagine then how your wife would feel. Yeah. She would hear your response. And I, I think you just translate that over to your children. So your example, so you're, you're at the park or something and and the pickup game comes up. To me, that's perfectly natural. It's normal. You, you're doing it because you like it, mm-hmm. and love it, uh, and you're with your family. You're, and you're doing this, and, and it's healthy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so many things in our society, they're, they're not sitting in front of a screen mm-hmm. looking at yeah. Lord knows what, and, and they're having a good time you know, with you as your, the father and maybe other kids, and who knows, you might even meet some other good families through that process, and... It's just so much, so much more healthy. Again, back to what we were talking about earlier, you're not uh, two hours away at some tournament in a hotel room that night. That, yeah, a hotel room that night, and getting up having a egg McMuffin for breakfast, and you know going off to the next game. Right. And I, I know we've all done that a little bit, but I, I think we really need as Catholic fathers to step back and say, what's important here? Because I can tell you, I, our children are all grown, and and I know it, it, it sounds so uh, common and, and, and mundane, but your children do grow up fast. And so all you young fathers out there, that 18 years or so, it's going to just go by in a flash. Right. How old is Luke? He's eight. Right, so on his mm-hmm. next birthday, half of his, his life, life at home that's will, right. be, will, will be, be over. over. That's right. Yeah. And that's your really your time with him. Right. right. Because... Yeah. There's the other side of this, right? The other side of the coin is that when they turn 18, what, even if they go to trade school or college, where that is, um, they're probably leaving home in most cases. Right. Not always, but but he it, will. Yes. So your influence Hopefully. will diminish a little Hopefully. bit. He will. He will. Yes. Like so. <laughs> it, I mean, this is your moment, right? You know, and, and enjoy it, and, and yeah. have that that time, and uh, with with your son, because it will go quickly, and it, it will be over soon, and and they they will go off as men should. Mm-hmm. Young men should, and and you know, kind of chart their path in life. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's a shame that our culture has become so jaded. I I know for some of you dads probably have kids in high school sports, and one of the big trends right now are these uh, select leagues, uh, the AAU teams. And I was a, the last school I was a headmaster. The AAU team came out and said this was for girls soccer. If you're gonna, they said to the girls, if you're gonna play on our AAU team, you can't even play on the high school team. I mean, so it just gets worse and worse, right? I mean, it's, why? It's, it's, it's terrible that you don't have, you don't time have enough your... time to do both. Yeah, is the, the AAU team supposed to be like give you a better opportunity than playing on the high school team? Well, if it, for the college scholarship, right? For the college scholarship. So that's what they'll say. And 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 it is true. And on, maybe not in football, but some other sports. Um, these college coaches, as they they go to AAU team, I can actually give you an extra example. Our, our middle son Sam was a very good basketball player, and we, we made the mistake, I think, of putting him on a select team, as they called him at the time. And they were they were quite good. It was they, we lived in Texas at the time, and it was, it was very competitive. And I think we went to Houston one time for this tournament, and there's all select AAU type teams. And there's up in the stands. Guess who's there? Roy Williams. 
uh, Mike Jujewski, um, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and uh, you know Bill Self, mm. uh, just all these top tier coaches. Now you were excited to see Bill Self. I mean, well, yeah, of course, I mean, of course, right. <laughs> I wanted to say Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Right, right. yeah. Right, right. Uh, but the rest of my didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Roy a little bit. Roy a little bit. Since he was a former KU coach. But I'm just explaining the phenomena right now. So if, if you want your son to go to that level, the high school experience is not important. And so I, I'm trying to tie all this in back to the family. So not yeah. is it is it hurting the family, but now kids in schools are having to sort of leave their, their school. Their school sports. Their school team in sport. To go to this next level to get to the final level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really, my point is to all you out there is that this is very disordered mm-hmm. uh, system we have. And again, you as the father are the one that needs to step in and, and, and pull this back in, you know, to the home and mm-hmm. do what uh, fathers, you know, be, be paternal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because your kids only get one childhood. That's correct. You know, mm-hmm. in, you can't. You can try to like make up for things later, but it's mm-hmm. never it's never going to be the same, right? And so if you don't yeah. f- the the family life, that's the most important. Yes, there, absolutely. There's so you know you have to just make sure that you're having your priorities and that you know what they are. Mm-hmm. You know that there is a hierarchy and it's not subjective, mm-hmm. okay? So y- you might say, "Oh, well I value these things above other things." Some of those some values within a family mm-hmm can be subjective to certain degrees. Mm-hmm. But there is an object objectively your family life is more important than uh, a sports career, you know, or or any career actually, you know, because your children can be successful in many things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many opportunities for a young child. So whether they play college sports or not, that is not going to be I mean because we have to remember we're trying to get our kids to heaven. Correct. Not into the NFL. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get into the NFL, you get to retire early, like, which is a perk. That's great. If yeah. they, if yeah. they yeah. like, <laughs> you point. know, like, like if your kids can become Philip Rivers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's ideal. Yeah. Okay, yes, we're talking yes. best case scenario <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, and obviously we want to shoot for, we want to strive for best case scenarios, yes. but we have to be realistic, and we ha- we cannot compromise. You're not going to make a Philip Rivers by compromising your family life. You know, uh, you, that's not how you create an NFL quarterback who insists that a priest travel with the team so that he can go to daily mass. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's how you get a lot of maybe other quarterbacks, but not mm-hmm. one like that who prides and insists upon the practice of his faith. You know, yeah. And what a great example of fortitude. We were talking about that mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, I mean, imagine the fortitude that took. Right for Philip Rivers to do that, yeah, to step out and I, yeah. say that. Talk about being lonely or exposed, you know, like yeah. in that in that aspect. What would be fascinating is to find out if there were other players on the team that all of a sudden jumped in and said, "Philip, thank you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I didn't. You know, it's actually it's actually an opportunity. It, but I love it. Yeah, it's actually an opportunity. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of guys. Yeah. You know, if you make that stand uh, on the team, mm-hmm. a lot of other dads would be like, "You know what? That's not something I've really thought about before." Persecution but, is always an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Absolutely, but that 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 rings true, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow suit. Yeah, no, that's right, that's right, and I think it. You know, we we're talking about virtues tonight, and of course, fortitude is one of the cardinal virtues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, prudence is the other one. You know, say Thomas, the mother of, calls, of the cardinal the mother, virtues. yeah, the mother. Uh, even I think one time he uses the reference to charioteer. You know, of, of mm-hmm. the other virtues, and 
Um, this is where, again, to our topic, fathers have to be prudent. And prudence does not mean what modernity thinks as you sit back and, oh, you kind of wait and check out which way it's going, the wind's blowing, you know, and, okay, well, I guess it's the safe route. That's not prudence at all. No, like, well, it's decisive action at the right moment. And they would say, oh, prudence is like holding your kid back maybe once or twice so that they are older and more dominant. Yeah. Uh, when they, as a freshman, you know, I mean, that's, oh, yeah, it's the prudent thing to do. It's like, oh, no. Well, I, I don't think you know what prudence is, you know. Like. Exactly. So yeah, I, I do have a a, a, a very practical question. Mm-hmm. We have a, a lot of Catholic families listening with a lot of with bigger families. Mm-hmm. So something comes to play in sports and family d- dynamics is when you have, you know, four to six kids, and everybody wants to do a different sport. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you can get all the boys doing similar sport, but to what degree do you compromise, you know, somebody excelling in what they're good at or in what they actually want to do versus like, okay, if we're going to have a sport, everybody's going to do the same thing because we're not going to go to four or five different classes, mm-hmm. right? So but you, you see how out of touch I am with sports that I call it classes instead of classes. practice. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a good learning environment. Yeah. That's where you're going with that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, what's the, what's the balance there to where you show a good question. every mm-hmm. kid, you know, has an important place in the family, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you got to compromise to where you're not breaking over your calendar for all these different mm-hmm. things. Right, because you got nine kids and all of them play sport. You become a glorified taxi driver, no, you, not a parent. No, right. I mean, that's no, right. you're having to like hire people to take mm-hmm. your kids around and stuff. Right. No, that's a very good question. I, I think one of the things you do is you say, we'll, we'll try to pick pick your favorite sport. And that's it. We're not going to do three sports or four sports a year, which some families do. Now, that's easier for the, the two-child family. Yeah. Um, I mean, do. they have literally nothing to do. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> I know that they think yeah. that they're busy, and they're, they're like the, no, the two, don't you, don't do the two child families. They're like, "What? No, we're we're so busy." He's like, "Yeah, I know. I thought yeah. that too when I had two kids." Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 much more difficult. Obviously, the more children you have, but I, I think you seriously, you try to look at your children. I I know with our we we just had four. We wanted to have more, but we we had four, and mm-hmm. so we I felt blessed with the four. Obviously, we have, and and as they grow up, you can. We can kind of see a couple of our kids were a little more athletic than the others. Yeah, and um, we all we let them all have you know opportunities at different times. But one one or two in particular seemed to be a little more you know geared that way, and and so we tried maybe did a little bit more with them. As I, I said, one of them earlier we went on with the basketball and so forth, and we had another one gone pretty far with tennis. But but again, I, I think you just you just have to Juan Pablo, you have to do the best you can, you know, given your situation. If you have nine kids, um, you're gonna have to make some decisions. And I, I think one of the first ones is just okay. If you get one sport, this is what we're gonna try, and we'll see how you do. And maybe you'll find out some of them, the kids won't like it. Soccer is always, I think, always kind of the beginning sport and a very good one. Yeah, soccer you know, is a good sport. The gross yeah. motor skills that for yeah. young children, I think, are really good. And I'll tell you, when I was coaching mm-hmm. basketball, I could it was. So obvious, the girls who had played soccer, because mm-hmm. they knew how to move their feet, you yes. know, like just that they had basic footwork mm-hmm. skills, mm-hmm. and it translated. In, they made they made way better basketball players, mm-hmm. just because they weren't stumbling 
you know, like they knew how to run and they knew how yes. to move their body. Mm-hmm. It was a huge, huge advantage. I think I think it's a great kind of intro sport, right? To, yeah, I do too. When they're young, mm-hmm. to get them playing soccer, and some will like it, some won't. Some will want to go on to the things, but it, it's a great way to start. And then you can kind of figure out. I think, I think too, if you, I'm assuming here, if you have nine or ten children, you might have several that just aren't that interested in sports. Yeah, right. And, and so maybe just a little bit of exercise is good. You go walk around the park. Maybe you get into that pickup game at the park we were talking about earlier. Yeah, but. Um, and I, I think then what you try to do with those children is you, you find something else that they like to do because they don't like athletics that much or just don't feel oriented Just pray it. it's not horseback riding. Like, uh, oh, really? That sounds expensive. It's so expensive. Mucho. Yeah. It's a good sport, though. I would never let my kids horseback ride. <laughs> no? Uh-oh. You have to have a horse. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. We let our kids ride. We have a couple I mean, horses. I mean, like as like a competitive thing. Oh no, yeah. Those, oh uh, no, I would love for my children to ride a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're out in the country, you should get a horse. I mean, but like, you have to have a trailer, and now you have to buy a mm-hmm. truck that can pull the trailer. That's true. And I like that idea, though. Yeah, I would like to That's have pretty a, macho. I actually yeah. would like to have get the a truck. Yeah, but, Dooley. Yeah. yeah, honey. You know, I need Elizabeth. That <laughs> Elizabeth. She, I think. Could be a really good horseback rider. Yeah. So uh, better get uh-huh. that. I'm gonna go ahead and buy the truck. Yeah, have it inter- get nope. ready for nope. it. Just, just in case. N- never put her on a horse, but I can tell. I mean, yeah. I've got an eye for this kind of thing. But <laughs> <laughs> one to answer your question, I think what you do is you take like your. I mean, like let's say you have nine children. I think you take your three most unathletic kids, and you say, "Look, you don't get to do sports, but I will give you a hundred dollars." Here you go. And that's what you do. And then you settle it that way and be like, <laughs> look, your look, your brothers Dad your, advice with David Niles. Your your brothers, your other siblings, <laughs> they're athletic. But you are gonna excel in industry in other ways. And I'm starting you right now. Here's a hundred dollars. Try to make that two to not bring this up again. <laughs> <laughs> so your other not good <laughs> advice. No. Well, there uh, could be things like music lessons, or yeah, right, yeah. That you could. I think point your children. I think it'd be great to, you know, you know what? I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because that I think is a really, really good point. That all of the, almost all of the virtues that you people talk about and are so um, that you can learn in sports very well can also be learned through music. Whether it comes right. to like team participation, it's like, well, have you ever tried to play in an orchestra? You know, or or just jam with another person, or exactly. I mean, because <laughs> that know, could be jam. a really yeah. You could like really be good at the guitar, and then like another guy gets in here, like. But perse- oh, it don't, takes we don't sound good at all. Together. It takes you know, a right. ridiculous amount of perseverance to learn an instrument, and there's no games where you win. You know, there's no winning um, where there's obvious public recognition. You know, on like a I mean, obvi- I mean, hopefully, like if you're learning, like a music teacher is like doing concerts and mm-hmm. performances you know as as you learn which is kind of like that but learning an instrument i think is significantly harder than learning to play a sport mm-hmm. um and so that's a, another really good avenue for children because you can practice the instrument at home you know yeah i would highly recommend if if you can uh, give your children piano lessons and i, I know that the piano, I think, is the best instrument to, to learn, to start off. Absolutely. you. I mean, you obviously learn melody, you learn mathematics, yeah. you know, the quarter note, the half note, the full note, all these things, the scales. The scale, that's what it is. Like, you learn scales, 
you mm-hmm. you know, I mean it's like it scales. I mean that's what a piano is. It's like right. music theory in an instrument. Right. And again, it's just like the athletics. If you think about it, let's, let's go back to the family of nine children. You're going to have two or three that are going to love the piano. They may want to maybe go on with a guitar, which is, is another good instrument. And you can go find a cheap acoustic guitar. Sure. You know, at a guitar store or, you know, it's a Facebook marketplace. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't recommend that. But too much. But yeah. You know how I am. It actually is pretty I, good, though. I'm a Neanderthal. Yeah. But anyway, the, uh, but wherever you find it, uh, you can find a cheap guitar and let them start to you know play around with a little bit and i think you'll find that a couple of your children want to go that direction they wouldn't want to go with athletics yeah and then if, if you do have that or if you or your wife can uh do something on the piano some music you you sit around and, and sing songs and i'm going to keep going back to the amateur thing it's you know you you're not some professional choir you should mm-hmm. be sitting around singing songs from time to time mm-hmm you know, really good ones with your family. And if you're off key, who cares? Right. You know, it doesn't matter. Your what kids the... definitely don't care. No, they now, especially when they're little. They don't even know. They don't <laughs> you know care, I mean? but just sing some good old fashioned Anna songs. Anna Belt's uh, songs at Holy Mass. At Le- and like, mm-hmm. I, there's times I'm Don't like, you I, just love that? I think it's hilarious. I do like too. when little kids yeah. are like, all of their body yeah. is yes. like singing this song. It's great. Like, yeah. That's praising love- the Lord right there. <laughs> yes. You know? I mean, they're off key. Who cares? Yeah, they, they don't, don't care. They don't care. Belting it out. In yeah. fact, I don't know yeah. if they know, but I th- even if they did know, they would not care. Like no. they're no. they're, they're loving in. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all in. Exactly. You know, and I know a lot of you have listeners in in probably all fifty states or more. Uh, you know, other Canada yeah. or wherever. And mm-hmm. and and one of the things we did in, in Kansas, uh, so we learned "Home on the Range." That was a state song, and that's that's a great. That's song. That's your state song. I think so. Okay. If I remember correctly. I say yeah. your state song. I mean, you're in yeah. Oklahoma now, but yeah, that's Kansas state song. Yeah, I did not. Know I think that. it. I think it is. I, I may be wrong. Oklahoma but. has the best state song by far. Mm-hmm. It's the like the one state song that almost everybody knows because of the play. Because of oh, the play, the, the musical. Yeah, the musical. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oklahoma every night. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, like yeah. everybody knows the well, Oklahoma state song, and it's like, who knows? Can you think of it? Any other? I mean, you obviously. Well, Home on know, the Range is pretty. You good too. I mean, Home on the Range, but that's. Uh, I, I guess they adopted that as their. Yeah. So I. I mean, the the beautiful part about this is so your children learn something about their state, which they should. Yeah. They should know something about their home. That's right. very important that that they know where they're from, because mm-hmm. in some sense that's who they are, and and then of course there's the advantage of, of learning music, mm-hmm. you know, the melody, the math, all the things we're talking about, and then there's that collegial. Uh, fam- familial atmosphere. You are all hopefully just sitting in the living room, kind of having fun. Yeah, and you're singing songs, and this is good family time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's something they'll remember. And right. especially if you don't do it very well, you know, when they get older, they're going back. Do you remember the time we sat around and you know in the backyard or, or around the in front of the fireplace and we sang these songs and and you know we're off key and whatever, and they'll make fun of one another. <laughs> you know, like Johnny has a great voice, and uh, James is. Couldn't carry tune in a bucket, you know, and you have fun with that, and it's just, you know, it, it it's such a normal human thing, and right. I really encourage you all to to do that. I got to tell you, I got to tell you this story. So Elizabeth, Dave's youngest, our oldest daughter, it was her birthday, and or was it her feast day? One of the one of the two, birthday or yeah. feast day, and the Minahans realized, oh, it's Elizabeth's. Birthday. Oh, this is her feast day. Her feast day. Yeah. Is it, it's her feast day. We need to go over there and sing a song to her, mm-hmm. you know, for her feast day. And then we realized 
well, what song would be appropriate to sing? Mm-hmm. And so we were like trying, and the one that we all knew. Mm-hmm. And so like we were trying to figure it out. And like we, 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 we threw out a couple options and we realized really quick, it would just be Haley and I singing, or it would just mm-hmm. be one person singing. But all of us n- <laughs> know the Donobis Pachim. So we walked over there, and I don't know, like, it's not, that song is not an easy song to sing if you don't, if you're not a very good singer, which we're not, which I'm not, personally. And so we go over there singing, Donobis Pachim Pachim, you know, and we're doing this whole song. And we are just, I mean, uh, nails on the chalkboard. It wasn't that bad. Uh, it was no, not that wasn't bad. That bad. Uh, we were pretty bad. Um, but Elizabeth was over there, like, as smile, oh. like, oh, ear yeah. to just ear, glowing. like, just, just glowing. Just glowing that That's we were right. over there singing That's to right. her. Uh, and I realized, you know what? I don't care. This this is worth it. Yeah. She didn't care. She definitely didn't care. So. No. But it was uh, it, it just yeah, part of like, no, that's she's right. going to remember it, and I'm going to remember it just because how bad we were. Yeah. <laughs> but she's going to remember it for a different reason. <laughs> but I, I will tell you, like, learning to play an instrument and, like, having played sports, mm-hmm. like the things of my childhood, both of those things are some of the most, um, like, satisfactory things that I did. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, an instrument has the advantage that I still continue to do that. You know, the fact that, I can't believe I didn't get drafted this year. I thought I was going to get drafted you know what? this year. Know, you know what? I thought you were in. I thought, I mean, with my solid 40 time and my, my bench mm-hmm. press, I the thought, NFL, they, oh, yeah. they actually called me this year. Yeah. And I turned them down. This year. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I don't have time. I'm, I'm hanging up my cleats. I told him, I, well, this is what I told him. I was like, look, I'll do it, but I'm not coming to practice. <laughs> Practice? Okay, we're talking about practice. That's, that's, like, a, that's a professional. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll show up for the games, but I'm not doing practice. All right, because I'm busy. Yeah, got nothing. And like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need practice. All right, mm-hmm. I've been practicing for a long time. And they, tur- and they said they didn't they, sign they, you. Well, they didn't offer me. They said, "Well, we'll have to offer you less money." And I said, "Don't." And I said, "Don't ever call me again." Yeah, that's what I told them. Fair enough. It was Terry Bradshaw. He was like, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was the one. He's just like third party deal. Oh. And I said, like, Terry, you tell those guys. I won't, I won't tell you what I said, but that's so, what I said. <laughs> so I thought it would be a cool, good way to end this show. <laughs> with a, are we off the path? Wait, are we recording? <laughs> with we're like, we're, we're having a good time and I want to keep it going by maybe we could share. Uh, you know the one sports story about your son, whether it's funny or epic or anything, that comes to your head, well, son or daughter. I don't have any. I, okay, actually, yeah, I, you I have I, one son. Mm-hmm. Well, but, yeah, but he, he's one and a half. He does not play any sports. <laughs> he walks. What? Yeah. He does walk. Yeah. You're just a bad dad. So, yeah, yeah, that's bad parenting. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'll start, and I'll give you guys time to think of your stories. I already have mine. Okay. Okay. So, in my story, uh, Santiago, who, who is six now, as he will tell you all the time, uh, was probably two and a half or three, and he was in a soccer league with Luke and Jude, Adam's, Adam's kid, and we're having a soccer game in the YMCA. And uh, they're just going back and forth. Everybody's just, at that time, you're just chasing the ball. It's pack ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. everybody, the ball is there running. 
So I there's see, like one person who knows who's faster and good on the field, yeah. and they have the ball all the time. And it's like an escort service. Everybody is like escorting that person exactly. around yeah. the field. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So Santiago realizes that he's on the fastest one. And as they're, the, the mass is running, he's running, and he just goes from a run to a walk. And then from a walk to like a very slow walk. And then he gets in four legs. And he starts eating grass. <laughs> and he mm. looks at me and says, Papa, I'm a cow. <laughs> and he just starts eating grass in the field. Because he was a playing cow at the time. He realized, yeah. you know what? I'm not going to waste time chasing these really fast people. I'm just going to mm-hmm. eat grass and play that I'm a This cow. grass, this looks like nice grass. Yeah. yeah. If I was yeah. a cow... That's I'll bet I would love I it. You know what? I'm just going to be a cow <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. see what it's like. Yeah. And then Juan went to the car after that. <laughs> yeah. Cried. Yeah. <laughs> there was that, the LSU coach, Les Miles. He would always eat, eat grass, grass. Eat the grass. Become one with the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, the, wonder, he seriously did that. That's, I know yeah. he did. Yeah. I, no, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. But I, I was wondering what In he the did end, with like, artificial turf. In the end, like, how'd that work out for him? Oh, we don't ask that question. That's not a question you ask. Yeah. So here's my sports story. (laughs) This is from yesterday. Uh, So we had a Little Flowers gathering. You were there. Adam, you were there with with your Little Flower. Anna Faustina. Uh, Little Flowers, you should just look it up. It's a great little organization for young young ladies. and so it's at my parents' house. And one of the things we were doing is we were having a cornhole tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cornhole, what do you call a cornhole? Is it, it's not a goal, a cornhole board. Yeah. I they were so, yeah. close together, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, these are for little kids. But it was a, a dad paired up with one of their children. And so it was Elizabeth and I paired up. And I knew that that was not going to be a, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was going to be um, fun. But it was not going to be like a winning combination. Mm-hmm. So I was paired up. Our first game was against the Maddoxes. If you and, and uh, very Brandon Maddox, he's mm-hmm. the basketball coach f- uh, for Bixby High School. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, he's he's a he's a winner. Okay, he likes to win, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he'll verbally tell you that he's a trash talker. That's he likes, what, it, you he know, likes it. He's yeah. a trash talker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just gonna say for the record. He and I, when we threw against each other, I was destroying him, okay? Mm-hmm. However, I was not destroying him half as much as his daughter <laughs> was destroying mine, okay? Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, I, I was watching my oldest, Elizabeth, throw the beanbag, and it was like, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we have, you know what? She has so many other talents, so many mm-hmm. other gifts. You know what? Like, it was making me think, like, people talk about athletic ability, but when, like, who gets, a, who gets an award for their compassion? Elizabeth, my eldest, she is compassionate, like, out the wazoo. She, she will, yeah. like, give up her, mm-hmm. like, oh, she'll give up her candy or her ice cream to one of her siblings mm-hmm. all the time. And it's like, I don't know why you did that. That was amazing. I've like, you can't have my ice cream. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I so anyway, yeah. when she's throwing this beanbag, she's like swinging her arm behind her back. Like, you know, you want to make a nice straight line and then follow through. 
She doesn't know anything about that at all. She was like this roundhouse arm swinging, you know. I can't believe that some of them landed on the board. <laughs> but did you it, coach her? No, no, no. It was Just let no. Her, it, let this happen. Like. I realize this is going to be over pretty quickly. We're just gonna, <laughs> I don't have time to coach. It's yeah. almost over. We're going to have a great time. You but, call time out. But you know what? Okay, so when, the bear when yeah. so we're playing against the Maddox, his little daughter's Marlo. When she was throwing, she was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth was over there cheering for her like, oh, that was great. <laughs> wow, you like you can do it. You and it's like Elizabeth, we're trying to beat them. You know? <laughs> so it's like that's my sports story. She was practicing the theological virtue right. of charity. She's like, mm-hmm. she's doing great. Super holy. As a person, mm-hmm. like, I'm really proud yeah. of her. Yeah. She's amazing. I always uh, think it's really great. funny how uh, someday, many years down the road, our children are going to listen to, to this, possibly. I, ha- I have also thought about that, and, and I was thinking about it before I told the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the truth is, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. if you hear this in years years from now and you're older, like, you were terrible at, <laughs> at, at uh, Cornhole. When you were six, mm-hmm. and that's that's just the way it was. Yeah, I yeah. still I still love you though. Yeah, yeah. So Luke, uh, when we put him in in T ball, <laughs> he uh, oh this is a good story. Yeah, this is a good story. So Luke, Luke so I made the mistake, uh, David. I, I made the mistake with my oldest. If I, I skipped having a T ball stand with him, so I would just start oh. pitching to him. Oh, you know, right I just, uh, underhand. You know, yeah. but like, yeah. but 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 this is a kid when he was three. Could take a ball in one hand and a bat in the other, toss the ball in the air and hit it when oh, he was okay. three years old. See, no. this is why this this whole like topic is very uh, interesting to me because my kids are n- n- their mom is very athletic and mm-hmm. I, I I could play sports somewhat as well. So Adam like, was the quarterback of Bishop Kelly. Okay, so uh, okay. you know, I mean, so like, my kids yeah, are very yeah. are very athletic and mm-hmm. they're athletically. I mean, I know, I know so, he doesn't look. Athletic at all, in, anyway, anymore. yeah, at all. But he looks um, weak. Is what he's. I mean, to say. I, he very looks weak. So weak. Yeah. Right. So, but but back in the day, I was. Well, by, I thought the, you just turned down a contract with the Cowboys. No, that was him. That was me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't get picked up. I didn't. I still didn't yeah, get picked okay. up. Um, but so I'm. I, I ruined him for T-ball because T-ball to him was boring. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, sure. like when you go from coach pitch or you know mm-hmm. you're pitching to just the balls on the stand, mm-hmm. it's boring. Yeah. Um. But that was the case, and so he had to hit the ball. So he would hit the ball off the tee, and he would smoke it. Mm-hmm. He did not want to run to first base because he knew if he mm-hmm. ran to first base, he didn't get to hit the ball again. Mm-hmm. So in the games, he would mm-hmm. sit there and just crank it mm-hmm. uh, off the tee. And, you know, in T-ball, nobody has really positions. They're all just kind of huddled around the, the, they're, the they're pitching very, stand. They're very general positions. You know, yes. uh, mm-hmm. And he would yeah. smoke it past everybody. Oh. But stay there and wouldn't run to first base because he didn't want to not be able to hit again. Oh, so okay. he gave the team time to run out there to mm-hmm. outfield, pick up the ball, run all the way back to first base, tag first base. Ow. He He's out. Mm-hmm. He's still at home base. Tim, that's fine. And he's ready to hit yeah, the ball again. One, huh? <laughs> Keep so, uh, yeah, that was... That's maybe in it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, pretty That's a good one. Yeah. Right, let's hear yours. Oh my. You want a younger, younger? No, older, like, older, I want the best. Older kid. I, feel I want like, the best. I feel like your kids are old enough now where you could tell the most embarrassing sports <laughs> story. Oh. Uh, well, our 
I've got two actually. They're wildly different. Okay. okay. So the youngest one's pretty simple. He somewhat like one of the other ones is that he was I don't know probably five or six on a soccer team, and he ate grass. He what? He he, he did grass. not eat grass. <laughs> okay. Okay. But Santi's gonna do. hate that story <laughs> someday, dude. I know. Yeah, he's gonna not like you. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> dad. Yeah. He will never have a phone though, so no problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so our son, I I think he was I don't even know soccer that well, but he was a defender, right? Yeah. Back in the yeah. back of the field there. And they're, they're you know, doing the I used to call it the beehive thing. You know, yeah. They, they all run around just hive, no, no one sticks to their positions. And so one of the games, he's he's defender, and they're coming down the field. You know the what are they called? The forwards, the attackers, whatever. And um, he has struck up a great conversation with a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just sitting there shooting the breeze, they're riveting. And you know the team just whoosh, goes right by and, and scores, <laughs> and we're yelling at him. Hey, hey, hey. You know, of course he he didn't hear. Yeah, and, right. Uh, but you know, I thought, oh well. It's all right. We're gonna stick. He's got the gift of gab. Yeah. <laughs> debate. You're going to debate. Debate. This is right. debate. debate. I'm enrolling you in Lincoln Douglas tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yes. So he's. Uh, but uh, no, I I just thought that thought was kind of fun. But I I have another one though. I think it's it's probably good for the dads. Okay. Okay. So um, our oldest son was he went to this the high school there in in uh, ninth grade. I think he was ninth grade. Yeah. Out in Texas, down in Texas, outside of Fort Worth, and he was the new kid, and he was kind of thin, but he's he's real feisty, kind of a brawler type, you know. He's very thin and so forth. And so, at one point during the year, that some of the football guys were coming up and they'd push him in the locker and knock him down and stuff, and he'd come and complain about it. So it was a dad moment for me because I said, "What am I going to tell my son?" Now this is under the rubric of boxing as right. a sport. Okay. So I said, George, I think you, you have a decision to make here. You can probably let these boys pick on you for who knows how long. Mm -hmm. Or at some point you can turn around and address it. And by that I mean, you know, punch the kid in the face. Right. As hard as you can. I mean the next Like really the hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like step back and let him have it. Mm -hmm. and, And so, I don't know, a couple of days went by. And, oh, I said, to, oh, and this is important, too. Because I told him, I said, George, and you'll probably get in trouble, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and it's, your, it's also only in, you're not just going to, like, walk up to the guy the no, next no, day. Right? No, you got to be pushed in the locker. <laughs> right, yeah. Like it's like, the ground. So, I, so, I said, you'll get in trouble, but, you know, as your father, I will I'll respect that, and, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. We'll go have a beer afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, he's in ninth grade. He's ready for a little art. Right. Game. I mean, it's like, yeah. so. Uh, you know, my ex. Oh, well, I don't want to But uh, <laughs> my wife should get mad at me because I, I don't know what age exactly. I don't remember. But we smoke briars out, you know, in the backyard sometimes. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Just, you know, have a, a good pipe. Now, I mean, I wait till they were certainly probably in high school or, right. or close yeah. to college. But. My wife never liked that. But anyway, so back to the um, story. <laughs> so sure enough, you know, a day or two later, you know, school principal calls. You know, I just got to hold my wife because I was at work. But, and so she calls me and goes, well, okay, you did it. 
You right. said it. Right. right. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> totally. She's going like, hey, yeah. remember the dad. advice you yeah. gave yeah. to yeah. our son? So, right. This yeah. is your problem, honey. Yeah. You know? Right. And so um, went down and, you know, he got, I think he got, you know, kicked out for a day or two or something. But um, really, even though he was like being picked on? Yeah. I think the other kid got in trouble, but I, it was important because he, what happened, of course, was he, he turned around and just cold cocked this kid and knocked him to the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had to come home for a couple of days, and I, I was okay with that. We, we talked about it a little bit. I said, just again, important, you know, what, to be a man, right? Fortitude, again, back yeah. to virtue. Um, sometimes a man has to do these things. And the great lesson was, was far greater than anything I ever said to him. Guess what? The next a couple of days later, we went back to school. Do you think anybody messed with him? No. Nope. Never again. Problem solved. Yeah. Well, don't mess with him because he'll punch you in the face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, not, not all parents agree with that particular strategy, but that's I, I but, thought it was the right one. But there was a time, a certain number of years ago, when almost every parent agreed with that strategy. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... So, anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, times have changed. There, there is a, there's a balance, you know, mm-hmm. and I think some, maybe like some kids have a temperament to mm-hmm. understand that kind of response, and mm-hmm. some children don't. Right. Um, so, mm-hmm. it's just... No, and you, you have to gauge it with your... Yeah. With your, you're right, your picture child and their temperament, but I, I knew our son George at that point, dude, he was, he was just kind of that, he was fe- always feisty, and... Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, he, he would probably do it, mm-hmm. and he did. And and also, yeah. like, as the parent, I think it's important that you counsel your children. I mean, you have to try to, like, if you have insight into, okay, I know this seems like something that's going to be an ongoing problem, you know, mm-hmm. okay, then that's a, maybe you help, you counsel your children to address that differently than mm-hmm. something that was maybe one time or, you know, Right, right. It's Situation. Not, it, yeah, it's Context not a recurring thing. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and he. This was repeated. I yeah. Mean, it yeah. Right. Days yeah. and days and days on end, and you know, it's he didn't want to go to school anymore. Right. Right. So right. it's like okay, so it's decision time here, mm-hmm. and you know, you can go to the. I mean, I'm in education, obviously, and I've, I've been a principal and headmaster and all those things, but you know, the school is going to do what they can do. And there's always a dark corner in a school somewhere where kids can get in, right. and in a fight or whatever. And, and that's those are you know options that need to be explored. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like hey, right. you know, they told me not to pick on. You know, what I mean, like because mm-hmm. bullies are bullies. And, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And there will there will always be bullies in your life. Mm-hmm. Always. Uh, that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're right. I mean, as adults, we do a little differently. We don't typically punch one another, but or right. do those sort of things. But 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 also rude and, but also yeah. a man that I feel like we get we just get like wussified um, like men today mm-hmm. that there are certain times when physical re, uh, like a physical response is the virtuous thing to do yes I agree. Um, like the, the the example I the, I have decided like I made a this is an, a decision I made that if anybody ever insults the honor of my wife. Mm-hmm. Then I am prepared to go to jail. That, oh, I agree, hundred percent. In defending her honor, absolutely. Like, yes, yeah, officer. Mm-hmm. I did the. I. I did. It. I'm the reason why he looks like that. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because mm-hmm. he said these things about my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's a decision I've made. I don't expect that I'll ever have to, like, 
actually carry that out. cash that in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Dude, if I have to bail you out, though, you have to pay me back. I will. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, David, I, I think you're absolutely right. But I, I think that's, that's you know, part like, of the role of being a man. You, right. You defend your wife and, and your children. Mm-hmm. And uh, it. It, in today's culture, especially, it might might get you in some trouble. But I, I think like oh, that's de- toxic masculinity. It's like mm-hmm. uh, no, it's not. You know what was no. toxic was the guy who was insulting my wife. That's right. Like he's the problem, not me. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I um, no, when Laura and I were much younger, we were at a, a play Zorba the Greek. I think it was in Kansas City. You know, my wife has this, this beautiful, you know, big curly kind of bushy hair. Mm-hmm. And you know we had our seats. It was a beautiful, beautiful performance of it, and so forth. Yeah, it, it, it's fairly long production, and so yeah, you, you kind of tilt your head when you're at the right. light. I do that. Okay, she has you know a big big head of hair, mm-hmm. and uh, so this guy behind her starts saying rude stuff to her. Like, would you stop moving around and all this? And you know she kind of looked at him. I kind of looked at him. Like, what? And so a few minutes later, he says something else. And I guess I didn't hear that because it maybe was like a you know big moment in the play or something, a lot of noise and action on stage. She kind of nudges me. So I kind of look at the guy, like, you know, I kind of give him that, you know, that look like, what's your problem? Mm-hmm. That doesn't say anything. And a few minutes later, so it's the third time, he makes some really smart remark to her. I stood up in the middle of the play at that moment. Turned around. I can't actually repeat on the radio here what, right. what I said to him, but I said, "If you're ready, let's go mm-hmm. right now. Uh-huh. You know, like let's do it or mm-hmm. shut right your mouth." Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was there's there's a time for forceful language, you know. Yes, and I mean the play was going on. Everybody, you know, I was just like that moment. Mm-hmm. That's it, dude. You just crossed the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he didn't say anything the rest of the night. Yeah. What a coward. I mean, like. Yeah, I mean to my wife, right? In a it's like you're sitting right there, you know. Like, I mean, you bought your seat, we bought ours. What's the problem here? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I think that this, some right. people, I don't know if they have something to, I don't know what the deal is. Like, they have something to prove. I don't know, but it, yeah, I mean, you, you Catholic fathers out there, I mean, you sometimes you may just have to do that, right? For your, for your spouse po- or your children. Yeah. The point that I wanted to make is that, like, I have made a decision about mm-hmm. where that line is for me. Mm-hmm. And if I, if something had happened in my life before I had made that decision, I don't know if I would have been able to like react the way I think I may have regretted later on, either like a lack of action Mm -hmm. or acting, you know, like acting too soon. So it's just like something that a man needs to know, like where I stand on certain things, what is the, like, this is the virtue where, foresight. Where, where is what it is. right? Yeah. Where I draw the line, and so th- in this topic, yeah. every man needs to know where is the line drawn mm-hmm. for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is actually the virtue of prudence because prudence is that we were talking about earlier. The, it, part of prudence is making the decision at the right time in the right place, mm-hmm. right, and not mm-hmm. not thinking about it too long. No, prudence prudence doesn't act too quickly, and no. it also doesn't overanalyze yeah, or delay yeah. the decision. So yeah, it's really important because I, I, I'm like you, David, I, I've had people come up and say very rude things to me and insult me from time to time. And I, I can take that, right? I'm like, oh, okay. That's, you know, you I can, can say what you want text. about me. That's exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to fight you about that. Exactly. But you say about my wife, right? Let's go. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's on. Right. You know, and because uh, my vocation, I actually took vows mm-hmm. at the altar that I would honor her. That's right. Okay. And so, like, when I go before Jesus, I'm going to have to actually prove whether I did that or not. He's like, That's it's right. going to, he's going to know. And yeah. so, part of the way I honor her is the way that I uphold her honor. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're, if you're the one, Mm-hmm. who's dishonoring her well then you and i have a problem mm-hmm. yeah no that's right and i, I think isn't it uh we've got this place in the in the discussion and it's it's the year of saint joseph and you know technically he was the foster father right of mm-hmm. the blessed virgin i would but, not have wanted to but, fight saint joseph like no but don't you know he would totally mo- whoop you yeah what a, uh, great, what a great model right yeah yeah i mean he took care of business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he really did no i i bet you're right yeah i bet he was i bet he was a tough dude Mm-hmm. I'll bet afterwards you'd be like thinking like, where did he get a staff? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that man. that hurt. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's uh, yeah, it yeah. Put a big put a big knot on your head. Yeah. yeah. Amongst other things, it's a cudgel. Mm-hmm. David, I am very grateful for you coming on tonight. I'm thankful that you uh, you said yes to hang out with us this evening. You're you've been a huge blessing. I, I, like I I thoroughly enjoy working with you. This is what I was telling. I think I was telling Dave and, and Juan this uh, the other day. Is that it's the first place that I work where I actually enjoy working with the people that I'm I'm working with. You know, fully. You know, like where like I can walk down the hall and say. I like you. I like you. Mm-hmm. I like you, and not like in an artificial way, but I thir- like I, I truly do enjoy mm-hmm. working with. So uh, I'm grateful for you to be here in the diocese. You're a huge blessing to to the Catholic schools here, but also just uh, the diocese in general. And so I'm really grateful oh. for you being here and, and uh, well, thank and working you. with me. Thank you. I I really enjoy working with you too. It's yeah. a, we have a great group there. It's we really do, and our team is just like being formed like mm-hmm. every day. It's just, yes, it's exciting. You're we really do have like the chance. Yeah. Our chancery is full of amazing people mm-hmm. yeah, i feel like really good people mm-hmm. a lot of chanceries around the country are full of people who are like uh you know like not always i'm well let me like put a little context here <laughs> they're, they're very well-meaning people but not always the most efficient or not always the people who are really the best at the job they're very willing mm-hmm. and they're more willing than capable i think is the problem with a lot of church offices right um but our chancery is filled with people who are really exemplary i think so and yeah. like you're a good example of that i'm All also really i'm also mm-hmm. very excited that you're here so well thank you i'm i'm uh, a lot of other people over there are a lot better than I am, but uh, what they do. But it's a it's a great group, and I'm I'm just honored to be a part of it and and to be here. And I, I really appreciate you having me on the show tonight. It's been a lot of fun and and uh, enlightening. And, yeah, and for for me and we'll have a, you we'll have you back on. We can talk about something like uh, I don't know. Latin, the, the use of Latin. I don't know. We could, yeah, we there, could we, do a Latin thing. Yeah, we could do great. a whole episode in Latin. And Latin. Oh, yeah. It'd be you a, talking. Could, It'll be seven minutes long. Quid est? Quid est? Quid est? Quid est? Well, we could start in Latin. <laughs> and then we could just sort of devolve to have you heard English. pagan English. This is, I have to tell you this before we leave. <laughs> have you heard our Latin story about the for the show? No, I so, haven't. I haven't. Oh, this is no. really funny. This is... Brace yourself. This yeah. is brutally, Uh-oh. brutally funny. I, you know, at the end of the show, I always say cheers to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, that would be cool to look up in Latin. Yes. How to say mm-hmm. cheers to Jesus. And so 
I know. I'm almost positive I've told you this story. But oh yeah, you think you asked me? About yes. This. Yeah. Uh, and so I looked it up on Google Translate, which the thing about Google, they don't know anything about Latin. Okay. No, no, they don't. Like they, they might hate be, Latin. They might be good <laughs> at like languages that are still spoken. You know, dead languages is not their thing. But no, Latin. No. The thing is, when they were like whoever the developer was, did not they care. did. It was not a priority for them. Right. Sure. Uh, and so I I, tr- I typed it in. Cheers to Jesus, and it said, "Eu bensium Jesu." I U B E N T I U U Ben C I U M at the end. Eu bensium. Oh, that has something to do with uh, like jubilation. Okay. Well, Ubilatio would be a noun, I think. That, so, we were still kind of a stretch. Okay. Yes, you like, stretch. So like yeah. a couple years ago, we were at uh, Clear Creek recording, and mm-hmm. brother, brother Nesbit, Father Nesbit, mm-hmm. um, brother Father, Father Nesbit, he, he was on the show, and uh, he is also the probably most proficient at Latin among okay. all of the mm-hmm. the monks, and. So I said, "You bensium Yesu," and then afterwards, as soon as like we stopped recording, he just starts cracking up, mm-hmm. and we looked at him. It's like, "Why are you laughing?" He's like, "What did you say?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, it's like I'm it's gonna Latin. like like I'm gonna teach it. Yeah. Like, oh well, it's it means cheers to Jesus in Latin." <laughs> He's like, "No, it doesn't." No, no, no. <laughs> What you said does not make sense. It means literally, and I forget yeah. what he said, but yeah. it like wasn't cheers to Jesus. And yeah, we had, had been it, saying it for I had been saying it for months on, on the, the show, show. thinking like you him what? Yesu, Yesu. Okay, you him Yesu. Yeah, he seems like it was nonsensical because you were like wishing some sort of good to Jesus, mm-hmm. who already. Is good. Yeah, well, good. He, he said is that. Good. He, said good. that yeah. he said that later on that like even like <laughs> yeah. wishing something yeah. to Jesus is philosophically, and it's like, well, we're not like wishing him yeah. something good. We're just like saying to Jesus, you know, like mm-hmm. drinking in his like yeah. to, uh-huh. like you know what I mean, to like honor. just to yeah. his honor, right? Exactly. Right. He's like, you're wrong in four different <laughs> levels. Yeah, you're okay, right. let me start with the first one, I, and the second one, ouch. and the third. Yeah. I, can, I can think Ooh. of four different ways a, that you're wrong. Yeah. It was Actually, great there's five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. You shouldn't even say that. So, well, yeah, we, we should... Um, yeah. So, it anyway, we, yeah, I, we used to say, you been seeing Yesu at the end of episodes until we found out, like, mm. only idiots say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a good spot to cut it. That's a good spot to cut it. Isn't there a famous Latin hymn or expression like Yubilate Deo or something? You're asking Yes, there is, but they don't know about it. I know because it's my precious blood, so yeah. Let's cut it there. Okay. Let's cut it there. Yubilate Deo. There we go. (laughs) 